0: Yeah! When that robot voice pops in, you know it's time to begin! And wherever you are,
1: whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to
0: tune in to... D-L-C
1: Oh, it's a little early, a little early this time, that's alright!
0: Especially
1: if you're one of our geeks and snakes using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run! maybe you're doing the chores, maybe you're walking the dog, whatever the case, we're going to be in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be. And that is completely free. Thanks to our patrons over at patreon.com slash DLC pod. They are bringing the show to you and in exchange, they are getting some cool perks, including ad free episodes. They get a video version of the show on demand, and they get an entire bonus show we call Paid DLC, which features the lovely, the talented, the amazing Lana Bashinsky alongside Christian and myself talking about, uh, you know, whatever. It's a more casual show. It's a lot of fun. People tend to like it. Check it out. Patreon.com slash DLC pod. DLC, of course, the show all about games in their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Kanata, the spelled with two N's and one T. And I am joined, as always, by my friend, slash co-host, slash nemesis. The guy who will also be referred to now as the other half of the Afflecks.
2: Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. Hello, Jeff. Hello, everybody. Hey, you know... Find love. Find love. And then lose it, you it can for it. like two decades and then find it again. Hell yeah. You know, right? Yes, Why not? Yes. Be be happy. Happiness is so fleeting in this world, Jeff, that if you can be happy and your name can be beautifully mashed up into two names into one name, I'm all in favor for it. If
1: you're happy and you know it,
2: blend your name.
1: That's what I say. <laughs> you know? That's what I've always said. Hey, we got uh, a really great program for you, ladies and gentlemen. I am delirious literally got back not even two hours ago from a, a vacation to vale colorado which uh nobody told me is an extremely gorgeous place to be um uh, amazing place but i am uh maybe no, maybe one's, delirious. Wait, no, no no,
2: sorry sorry i know you have a good role no one's told you vale was gorgeous Come it was on. a joke it was a, <laughs> i
1: was being facetious because everyone says it's the most beautiful place
2: turns out accurate Okay, got it, it, got it, got it, got it. My bad, my uh, bad, I apologize.
1: And now I live like two hours away from it. It's amazing. It's amazing. I can just like jaunt there. Uh, incredible. Anyway, uh, so I'm, you know, forgive me if my brain is cottage cheese because it may very well be. <laughs> uh, I was, uh, I was uh, trying to entertain two small children, uh, which they tell me is a vacation, but uh, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Uh, but we have... Maybe one of our best guests of all time. We have, uh, you you know, the DLC always stands for your Downloadable Kanata and your Downloadable Christian. But this week, once again, oh, I'm so excited because DLC stands for Done With A Little Comedy. Because from Kind of Funny and the Kind of
0: Funny Empire, it's our friend Tim Geddes back with us. Hey, Tim. Thank you so much for having me again. I think this is my third appearance on the show, and I feel like the last time was right right as covid was hitting like (laughs) i'm pretty sure i was your your last because i remember being on the show and talking to you guys about like zencaster and how you recorded because we had to figure out our home setups (laughs) because like it was happening Like i remember it was so early that the three of us were having the conversation of like is this going to get really bad? Like, we didn't know yet. <laughs> yes. Like, that's how early it was. So uh, it, so it doesn't feel like it's been that long because uh, <laughs> I remember that show like it was yesterday. Uh, always have a blast with you, boys. So happy to to be back here with you as well. And it's well, clear, Jeff, that you don't watch The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City because infamously they took a trip to Vail and anybody that watches <laughs> that knows it very well and knows how beautiful it is.
1: Well, I have to admit, I, I have, I've fallen behind in my... Uh, <laughs> Real houses, no spoilers, please. I've fallen behind. Okay, uh,
0: okay, sorry, sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but uh, you're you're so right. And you were like our last guest before COVID happened in earnest. So I'm very excited to see what next week brings
2: for the world. Oh, dude. I know, right? Exactly. <laughs> no, we fixed uh, it. This is what this is. This is what we should we're have done fix two it years, years this time. ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: I love this. I love what you've done with the place. Video now. Last time I think was audio only. You know, That's I see this right? yes. on Twitch. Right now we got this fun little background going. It's we great.
1: Uh, we followed your lead onto the onto the Patreon platform as well, doing very very well and very pleased Congrats. to have uh, uh, the kind of support that you guys uh, are enjoying as well. Just people are so generous and lovely, and uh, it's awesome. So thank you. Awesome to talk to you again, and we got a lot to get to. So let's jump right in and start the show the way we always do: the story of the week. Story of the week, it's the story of the week. Story of the week, it's the. Story of the week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. That's also where you send comments or questions, even your own reviews, if you'd like to, us to read them. We'd love to see them. We'd love to hear from you. dlcfeedback at gmail.com is where you do that. Or, also, you can join our communities. We have a Discord group called 5x5DLC on Discord. And also a subreddit, 5 by 5 dlcredditcom is where those are. Great folks talking about games, talking about all sorts of stuff. We urge you to take part at those places. But Tim, you are our guest, so you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week?
0: Before I get to that, I, I forgot to say this in the intro, I don't know how, that theme song intro situation was like the most hype, exciting podcast <laughs> intro I have ever been a part of, and I am jealous that we didn't think to do that first, because that is awesome, <laughs> it just gets you in the right mood, I love it, and here you have a little fun story of the week, oh, this is all great stuff, uh, so keeping with all of that, it the good vibes rolling, I am going to talk about Skate. I think that the mm. skate story this week. How's this work? Do I read this or do you read this? What's going on?
1: Uh, either way, either way, we can we can sum it up. Go ahead and you know tell us what why you're excited about skate getting an official title and getting we get in some details about what the next skate is going to be.
0: So that's the thing. Skate's getting an official title. It it is Skate. It is not Skate 4. It is just Skate. They're kind of treating it more as a platform. It is going to be cross-play. It's going to be cross-save, cross-progression, cross cross free-to-play, all of that stuff. Uh, A couple of the details here. There's going to be microtransactions, but they're not pay-to-win. doesn't include paid loot boxes, which is very key information. Obviously, the first question anyone would have when you hear the words free-to-play. The next Skate game will not be titled Skate 4, but Skate. Just Skate with a period. Uh, And then the premiere episode of The Boardroom Today, a series where the developers provide an inside look at Skate's development. The team shared updates and answered some community questions. A whole bunch of other things like that. I kind of want to dive into it for a second because we talked about this over on Kind of Fun and Games Daily. It's something I am extremely passionate about from multiple perspectives. One... I'm a huge supporter of skateboard video games. Always have been, always will be. Truthfully, I've always been more of a Tony Hawk guy than a skate guy. I like the arcade-type gameplay. I love the high-score type stuff. But I truly understand the importance of skate as a franchise and what it did, not only for skateboarding games, kind of maturing them and adding a, a, a... a lot more of a community aspect that Tony Hawk never really had, despite being an incredible franchise for so long, until it kind of hit the point that it was d- derivative of itself and just kind of, like, annualized to the point of no return, right? But with Skate, it kind of focused more on community, more on... Uh, like custom creation and just hanging out with friends and i feel like when we talked when we first heard that skate four was was happening it was very exciting it was clear it was many years out it was one of those (laughs) game announcements that's like yo this is just an announcement to get you excited um but i feel like they've made every right step since the this idea of the boardroom the series that they're doing kind of going behind the scenes even before that they were constantly tweeting out uh behind the scenes images and conversations and wireframes and like really, really early concept stuff for what this game is going to end up being. And then for them to come out here with probably the biggest news update that they've had on the game so far. And for it to be riddled with words that are usually very scary to people like us, to, to the gamers (laughs) out there that are like, Oh man, this, this, not my beloved skate franchise. Don't do, don't make it free to play. Don't do all this stuff. I kind of see it from a different perspective. I I think that uh, on all the different gaming podcasts I've been on for, a decade at this point i can't count the amount of times i've talked about things like back in the day guitar hero or a madden or uh, i mean even grand theft auto becoming a platform more than mm-hmm. a annualized series especially for things that kind of uh the updates don't need to be this giant drastic thing it can kind of just be here's some new levels here's some new roster updates here's new songs whatever it is We push so hard, like, why don't they just make platforms? Why don't they just make platforms? And I feel like then free-to-play happened and we saw battle passes come into existence and, like, the way that platforms are monetized isn't necessarily something that we wanted. It's like, oh, not like this, not like this. (laughs) But I think that Skate is this unique opportunity where the importance of skate like i keep saying is the community it's kind of just hanging out with friends in the same way that minecraft and roblox and all of these more modern uh games that i mean they're not modern at this point but you get what i'm saying Fortnite, i guess is the better example now um it's where kids hang out it is where they pop into a lobby they don't even need to be playing the game They're just hanging out, talking with their friends, making their own games, making their own stories. And I think that that is the core of what skate culture is. It always has been in real life. You go to the park, you meet some friends, you spend time taking turns trying to nail a grind, trying to ollie down these stairs, whatever it is. Skate the franchise nailed that. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater nailed the culture from a music perspective, from a attire perspective, from just like a coolness perspective. It made... Uh, skateboarding popular in the mainstream alongside the x games right but skate was like cool it's popular what is it really what is it to the people that are actually out there skating every day and it comes back to community it comes out with hanging out with your friends and i think that uh, a free-to-play cross-play cross-progression that is the best chance as at for a skate game to have success in 2022 and beyond so i'm actually really excited about this news despite as a headline It's sounding a little scary,
1: (laughs) Uh, man. You summed it up so well. Um, I have several things to say, but I I, I do want to get to Christian quickly because I know Christian, you're you're this is in your wheelhouse much more than mine. But I do think you know I love that that the title is skate period. But I wonder, guys, has anybody zoomed in on the period? Is it just a tiny four? (laughs) They have to really tiny font of a four, and then you just zooms if you keep it. It's like isolate enhance and then there's the 4 right there um yeah. <laughs> also uh i i you know i'm, I'm probably going to tell a lot of anecdotes about my little vacation that i just came from but uh, one of the things i uh experienced that i thought was the coolest thing ever was uh there was a um a parking structure that we parked in uh, in vale and in the middle of this parking structure on like the third level in between you know you'll you know you go up a ramp and you park your car here and then you go up a, if we went up a different way you could park your car car there and in between it was this cage that was a skate park like a fully built ramps and grinds and like and bunch of kids in the middle of a parking structure like that is the coolest thing and it's what i was reminded of when you talked about how you know skate culture is like going to a place hanging out with your friends hey i'll try a trick you try a trick let's let's hang out let's just kind of be together let's do a thing and i i love how you framed this version of the video game as that, and I hope they capture it. So, Christian, I'll tee it up to you as somebody who is much more a fan of this series than I have been. Because, like Tim, I I I love you know the Tony Hawk games because I can grind on a clothesline. You know, I can do four hundred rotations before I land on the moon. You know what I mean? Um, skate has always been the much more authentic sort of street level mechanics and real you know it's it's the uh, gran turismo uh versus burnout you know yes, tony hawks yes. the burnout of of so i've you know just like racing games i i fall in that category with skating games but i know you are much more fan of this series so tell me what you hope to find with this version of skate period
2: <laughs> yeah, well, quickly, uh, just a PSA to those Vale would-be skaters. Don't go to that skate park. It's a Mitchell's versus the Machines kind of trap. You go in, they close the gate, they pick it up, <laughs> and they take you away. <laughs> that, that, is just how they, that is how they self-cage, uh, you know, skating punks. Teens. Don't go there. That's how they yeah, get te- rid of the teens, teens. man. Vale just don't want no teens. Yeah. Export
1: the teens. Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: And, and it, of course, uh, the best thing about skateboarding video games is is that you can be over thirty and still play them? Like that's that's <laughs> Your, what they bring. Are the rules.
1: <laughs> Your avatar looks like a teen, <laughs> exactly.
2: So you still fit. You still follow the rules. Um, yeah. I think. I hope. I hope this game does everything right because it has the potential to, and I think Tim hit on a lot of that potential. I think the battle pass wrapper could work really well with. This game also where you're getting cool cosmetics, you know, and they can be authentic. But I also think the community will rally around some absurd cosmetics. Tony Hawk certainly played with those as well. And as long as you have the true to the sport cosmetic shirts, decks, wheels, hats, all of that stuff, then like give me Wolverine, you know, the way Tony Hawk did or like a space suit or any type of silly stuff. I think that stuff could be really compelling and I think pro skaters, you know, as unlocks for a season pass could be really compelling to be like, now you have this as your avatar in the world and your, you know, 40-year-old Tony Hawk, your 18-year-old Tony Hawk, uh, your Bob Bernquist or whoever you're going to be, right? Like, I think that is appealing. And I also think the way that the community could potentially set up their own challenges, which other versions of skate had as well. But coming into it in an open world hub area, I'm speculating a lot here, but could be really cool to be like, oh, over here in this, you know, Vale parking garage, someone is playing horse. <laughs> They've set up a game of, of skate horse the way Tony Hawk did. And you check into it and now it's populated by everybody that's there and you run through this thing. And that's a way you get points for unlocks, like all of that stuff, the forever online nature of of skate period if it does this fits, as Tim mentioned, really, really well with the 24-7 culture of skating. You want to be able to go out, meet up with your friends, uh, go out, meet new people, not just be with the same crew that you're always with. And I hope that this new game delivers on that. The stuff that gives me pause uh, is two letters that comes before skate period, and those are E and A. And those two letters don't Always have the best track record of supporting uh, forever games forever and uh, monetizing um, uh, freemium or free to play games in the best way. Knockout City, I think, has become a positive, but that change happened so late in its life that it lost a lot of its steam. And so th- that's my reservation well, They, they name check EA deliver this?
1: They name check Apex Legends in yes. this. I
2: was about to say, I have 11
1: yeah. letters for you, Apex Legends. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, which which now is their is their huge success story, right? But when it launched, it was like, I'm, this is all conspiracy theory stuff and never borne out, but like, oh, Respawn worked on this in secret. EA didn't want them to do it. That's why it was a stealth team and they launched. And it wasn't, none of that stuff is true, but it wasn't, a big AAA funded project that EA championed for decades, knowing it'd be a hit to then go shepherd Apex Legends into the world. It was Skunkworks team, go make this, we'll stealth launch it. <laughs> and then it became this hit that now it's getting all these resources. So I'm curious where Skate fits in, in that shift. But you're right, Tim. Apex Legends is is a great example of an EA published game doing free to play very well.
0: And now, to be fair, there is a lot of differences there. Like, it, 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 we're talking about respawn, right? We're talking about some of the best to do it. But with what you're saying, even like respawn kind of killed the game. I mean, they, with, with Titanfall, especially Titanfall 2, which is beloved by so few, but wrongly it should be by so many <laughs> yeah. uh, but then we got jack ball in order like they 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 nailed the single player right they proved they could do that and then i think with apex like it had the launch and yeah it was uh it was a little rocky to start but it was surprising or it was exciting because it was su- a surprise release and all that but to see where they're at now where their fan base loves the game they love the drops the the uh the rate at which they're putting out updates feels right for the people playing the game which is really really exciting Will that be the same case for Skate? I'm not so sure. I imagine my biggest fear about this is that it's going to be too barren at launch that Mm. uh, it doesn't get that initial community that it's going to need to, to push forward. Now, an important thing I want to bring up is the reason that Skate period exists. And that is because of the demand for skate to come back which came not necessarily from its original release back in the day but from this second wave that Uh skate 3 got on twitch and in these like niche communities um over the last couple years uh where people were just using it as a playground to hang out in and i think that they know that ea is looking at that and that is why this game is happening so that's the the reason that i am still optimistic about this but you were right ea still has so much to prove uh in in this type of thing especially when it comes to oh my god ea is finally gonna do it they're gonna make a mirror's edge (laughs) too yeah and then it happened you know so i'm hoping this is is less that and more of an apex
1: the analogy that comes to my mind is street fighter You know, because you have this franchise that's beloved that has these periodic releases that are, you know, big numbered sequels. And then all of a sudden they do one where it's like, hey, we're embracing this new model. Let's have it be. And I don't know if we could consider
0: that a home run when when Street Fighter did it. But here's an interesting thing there, though, right? Street Fighter did the one fatal flaw, which is fighting games are a niche genre especially at the competitive level right Mm -hmm. they're exciting we all love them we all understand them but like they are not these like bazillion selling games right even street fighter which is one of the most popular out there street fighter 5 despite being the first time street fighter was a platform was also exclusive to playstation right they should have never done that right this news right here with skate Skate games, everything I'm saying, another niche genre. Like what I'm talking about, I understand that it, we're not, this isn't for every single person out there. They need to get that community on board from day one. And the best way to do that is make it cross-play, free-to-play, cross-progression. That is like, it doesn't matter where you're playing. We just want you playing and we want you playing together. I think Street Fighter Five would have been a very different story if it was not exclusive.
1: Great points. Well, we will see. Uh, we don't know when we will see. Uh, um, alongside this, when it's this- ready, is yeah. The, yeah, is the quote, yeah. which is great. Uh-huh.
2: I think, I which mean, is great. <laughs> That's what I'd you would rather have them. Yes, I-, I love that they're showing this early access. There is a, a rough early build that technically can be downloaded, but please don't, uh, dear God, please don't, is what the developers say. <laughs> but there exists a leaked version of this early alpha. Um, but I am I love seeing early looks at stuff like this. The early looks at Dead Space, another EA game as well. It's cool. It's really cool to see. But with that, I also like them not giving it a date until it's ready because don't mm-hmm. tell me 11-11 if it's not going to come out on 11-11. Just tell me when it's ready, and then hopefully the date you give me uh, is when it's ready. <laughs> right, right.
1: All right, Christian, so what is your story of the week?
2: My story of the week, it, it really, I think, comes out of Skate. Period. Uh, well, in terms of the, creating an online game that, uh, Wait a minute, finds- sorry,
1: sorry to interrupt you, but I just occurred to me, maybe somebody just dictated this into Siri. Is that how we? Is that how we got the title?
2: We're gonna come out with Skate. Period. And then they just got it.
1: misinterpreted by the, everybody
2: else down the line. <laughs> We're gonna. Sorry. The title of the game is gonna be Skate. Period. New paragraph. Uh, gonna be- <laughs> <laughs>
1: sorry, Chris. Sorry to interrupt you, but it occurred to me.
2: Go ahead. That's good. That's good. That's good. Um, I think Tim brought up some great points about getting the community in and getting people playing and starting early, uh, being a key to success for a game like Skate Period, which is how I will always refer to it. Period. The <laughs> big asterisk after that period, however, is a game that Jeff, you, and I started talking about in in big ways maybe five years ago in terms of reshaping what Game of the Year is or is not or what yeah. it can be considered, and that is Warframe. So Warframe launched as a middling, uh, what, 6 out of 10 kind of reviews, 7 out of 10s game, and has become a juggernaut of one of the best live service games, maybe of all time, listening to community feedback, building just whimsical, odd stuff, like just trying stuff. Fans like, we want to do this. Do enough of you want that? Yeah, it's in the game, <laughs> you know, and giving people what they want. And with that, this week, um, Digital Eclipse announced their next game. They kind of passed the baton. Digital extremes. Oh, did I say eclipse? Yeah. Always do that. Thank you. Digital extremes. I almost did it again. (laughs) (laughs) Digital extremes. That leadership group, that the the top-level developers on Warframe kind of passed the baton to some of the younger folks on that team who had been killing it now for years. And they stepped up to those leadership positions. And that core group that started Warframe and had been leading Warframe for a while is now spun off, and they're working on their next project, Soul Frame, Which I think, as we're recording this, someone might yell at me as, as it's wrong so, Sunday night. I believe it was also just announced or fairly recently that Airship Syndicate, the folks who made um, Darksiders Genesis, and also Jeff, that RPG side scroll that you really like, the um, yes, the Riot yeah. Forge game King something. Yeah. Uh, something yes. whatever it's called something king ruined king um, i think it is ruined king yes yeah. a uh, a league of legend story um i believe that they're also partnering to work on this and soulframe we have a cinematic trailer that launched but it promises to be similar to warframe in that it is this always living kind of game that they're building on the expertise they learned from warframe but while warframe is pew pew guns Soul Frame is going to be melee combat and a little more fantasy genre setting, whereas Warframe is sci fi space, you fly ships and all this stuff. It, it appears as if Soul Frame is going to be a little more boots on ground, a little more fantasy genre. And they also have talked about how the world is going to change more dynamically as you play. Like the earth is a character in the game and a cave, the terrain might change You know, when you log in. And the thing that really jumped out to me is, um, let's see, I wrote it down here because I, I wanted to find it. Uh, oh, the developers gave a quote. I'm chasing that short session, but high immersion thing where you sign in and you come out of your yurt and you are where you last signed off. But the world feels like it's been going on without you. So they are really seem to be trying to lean into like jump in, play a little bit, but also you have a life. So then you can leave. But that doesn't mean the story's over. The story's still happening when you come back. And that fascinates me. And if any other dev had said this, or if they had said this five years ago, I'd be like, that sounds like a tall tale. But I think, I think if anyone can pull it off, it sure seems like they can. I am very excited for what. Soul Frame is going to be, which apparently is not a Souls like, but also maybe might be. <laughs> well, that that's, the, that's a very
1: interesting part right there at the end because it's hard to evoke invoke the word "soul" in the title of a game these days without knowing exactly what you're doing. You know, it, it, you put "soul" in the in the in the title of your game, it, it is. Uh, I think it it comes with it some expectation. Uh, they explicitly say, "Hey, we're not trying to make a Souls like." But we're also uh, yeah. That's not how we started. Who knows? It seems like this game is early in development, and there. It's interesting to me that they're not positioning it as a, a replacement or a sequel to Warframe. It is going to be a sort of a parallel project,
2: or even uh, in the same universe. And also, yeah. thanks to chat uh soul frame is digital extremes only the airship is a different project that they're doing with digital extremes so thank you for that but yeah they're not pitching it as like and when you land or at least yet they haven't announced that i've seen like ten thousand years ago in the the past in warframe you were a soul frame
1: (laughs) right Uh, (laughs) yeah tim what do you think about this i mean do you you think I think the concept is is pretty interesting. I'd love your comment on that, but this notion of sort of launching something with soul in the title that is melee combat focused. Do, are you uh, I- inserting expectations into the audience?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like you guys even you beat me to the joke here, but it's just like, oh, it sounds like this is a frame like and oh it's, <laughs> maybe it's a souls like too. Like, yeah, like they they clearly know what they're doing. I mean, last week, uh or over the course of the last week, we were getting these updates on Elden Ring's NPD numbers, and Elden Ring is I saw that there was an update that, like, there was not enough data to actually say this, but, like, there's enough out there that it's inevitably going to happen soon, that Elden Ring is one of the top ten highest grossing games in the U.S. in history, ever. And that's kind of wild to think about, and especially when – I know Elden Ring doesn't have souls in the title, so it's kind of a weird argument, but – I think that Elden Ring is the culmination of word of mouth over the last decade of the Souls titles, Bloodborne and Sekiro, all of that stuff from games. right, Turning into this now mainstream success that is unlike anything the Souls franchise has ever seen before um, or Souls-like games have seen before. And I think that that is no secret everyone's chasing that high for sure but warframe has proven that they got the stuff when it comes to delivering to their audience over the last how many years right and i feel like warframe is a perfect example of one of those games that i've never played i doubt you guys have ever played
1: i play i played a fair amount of warframe just because my friend oh, go okay. so into it yeah uh, Dan it, Trachtenberg pulled me into Warframe he got super, he directed a commercial for uh, them and like, it, it's a whole thing but
0: yeah. The, the fact that you casually just dropped that you're friends with Dan Trachtenberg is the coolest thing <laughs> you have ever done but yeah, I, um th- this is it's funny to me because Warframe is, is one of those examples that I love so much that prove that video games are so much more than just what we think they are and what they used to be like there can be these giant gargantuan games that I've never played, but millions mm-hmm. of people are right. are logging into. And yeah. you know, we talk about this a lot with esports and how disconnected it can be from the way we talk about games media versus how big these things are. Like it's wild that like I would be willing to bet the majority of people that talk about video games for a living have never played League of Legends. Like right. that's crazy to think yeah. about, right? Yeah. Uh, but. Looking at this, it's like, I think that it is very smart. I don't think that them putting soul in the name is uh, a mistake. They clearly did that for a reason, um, especially with the the Princess Mononoke vibes, never ending story vibes that they're dropping here, and like for people that saw the images they put out and all that stuff. like it they're very much pushing a vibe, and that vibe is souls like uh, and maybe not necessarily in terms of its brutal difficulty or any of that but in terms of the look of the world, the rich story that the world has. I love how much they talk about the world itself like as a character. This uh quote here, Soulframe's world as proposed might be its most interesting character. The game will focus on themes of nature, restoration and adventure as inspired by the works of Princess Mononoke and neverending story. Like that combined with what Christian was saying about this being this ever living, ever present, evolving story of this world even if you're not playing. I think that that is something that Warframe can definitely do and with the melee stylings of a Souls game this might be that beautiful moment that Elden Ring just received of this culmination of Souls fans that Warframe's culmination of everything that they've learned from that game's launch to now that maybe they can cross over and find a Venn diagram of gamers out there that Never thought they'd be a Souls player, but are now obsessed with Elden Ring that are like, I've heard about Warframe forever, but yeah. this seems more my vibe. I think that it's it's a brilliant, brilliant idea.
2: I, yeah, I think you sum up very well. Hmm? Did you watch the reveal trailer, the uh, teaser cinematic or whatever? I have not whatever? seen it yet, no. So it does a lot of things really, really well, I think, and kind of leans into its Warframe. I, I think Warframe folks could get excited by a lot about what it shows in terms of its fantasy, but it does it's not Tolkien-esque fantasy, at least what you see. Mm. Like the outfits look highly customized. I'm speculating, but like highly customizable again, uh like Warframe, where you're able to do all of this. Interesting stuff with your character and why Warframe is space, it's not space suit space, right? Like Warframe mm. is not Starfield. You know, Starfield looks like what we've seen of it. That looks like how I picture space right now, but with jet boosts or whatever. Warframe is, is some of those characters and models are zany and off the when you're sliding and doing all this stuff. And Soul Frame looks like it brings some of that aesthetic to a fantasy setting. And, and it's, it's, it's a, a, a naked dude.
1: Trailer. I'm seeing a naked dude is what I'm seeing. That's where it starts.
2: Scrub, <laughs> oh, scrub, okay, okay. To like, <laughs> scrub to like dude. three minutes. three Okay. Minutes, still naked. Seconds. And now he's in a pool
1: naked. Oh, there's scrub a moose. To scrub
2: moose. Scrub, <laughs> scrub, 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 scrub his naked booty. It is a oh, nice. Oh, blue booty. person. Now yes, I'm in. The arm and yeah. the, like the mechanical arm. And then there's a fight scene in it where he comes up and takes a sword out. And there's these three other weird warlocky looking things that also have swords and they get up and there's a little bit of a sword fight that happens, but then also something very like mystical that happens where the protagonist locks all of them and they kind of be are like consumed a little bit by nature and like become these statues in this moment. And then the protagonist character puts the sword back into the earth and walks away from it. And it evokes for me, it evokes, some of the most badass imagery that I've seen in totally. movies, it it evokes like Indiana Jones a little bit with like the sword into shoots. You know, it's like, you can be awesome and do things in your own way. It, it evokes like bad boys and blowing up a building and Martin Lawrence, you know what? It's like puts the sword back in the ground and just keeps going about his day. Ah, it gives me hype. I don't know what's going on. Like there's a voiceover about these yeah. things in your life and what would you do? But if that trailer is evocative of what my experience will be like, uh, sign me up. Also, I, it's going to be it, free, right? So, like, sign me up. It probably you know, will be <laughs> I
1: mean, it does look very cool. I, that part he drops the sword is super cool. But also, when you're sort of positioned behind him, I don't think it's a I This is the first time I've seen this. It, I don't think it's a mistake or a coincidence that it looks like very much like Elden Ring to me. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, I think it evokes a lot of that, you know. Yeah. St- I think what Tim said is spot on, right? Like, hey, let's combine two of the hottest one of the hottest words in gaming with a thing that lets people know this is very much the thing that we do and have killed yeah. more yeah. than anybody else. Soul frame. Done. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Soul <laughs> frame, period.
1: <laughs> there, there's a joke somewhere. I was trying to figure it out. There's a joke somewhere about from software and frame. So it's a soul f- fr- from frame. It's a from frame. frame. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: anyway, yeah. I, you know, the big question is: Will this game be good when it's released, or like five years later? Uh, that's yeah. the question. But yeah, either way, I, I I believe that their track record speaks for itself, and the fact that they support the games, they evolve the game. You know, I think I think they're they're in this new franchise or whatever it is or sub franchise uh, for the long haul. So that's good. all right Uh, my story of the week uh ladies and gentlemen it's uh it's hard to choose because there's a a number of interesting ones but i I really i've got to know uh what tim thinks i guess i could just watch kind of funny daily but you guys have talked about this at length i'm sure but i'm
2: curious now that we have been on vacation jeff you've been you've been in veil you've been watching. you know you can't (laughs) veil
1: i've been watching my children (laughs) scream their heads off
2: this is supposed to be fun oh, I, thought you meant, I thought you meant like with glee like screaming no. their heads off with no glee. you no.
1: think tormenting <laughs> me um, <laughs> we're trying to have a nice dinner Be <laughs> quiet <laughs> sorry uh, the uh, Playstation Stars loyalty program was announced this week and uh, this is going to be launching later this year and um it will basically give rewards both digital and I, I suppose sort of monetary in the form of, of credits for purchasing of stuff uh, to people that do stuff while they play PlayStation games. As simple as literally playing a game once a month or doing things more, uh, that, are, that are more intense or more, more um, uh, rare like being the first person in your time zone to platinum a game uh, all range of different achievement. Type
2: stuff. Hmm? can't go out tonight. <laughs> it's 12.01. I, I used to do that on new year's. I don't know if you guys, when I was a kid, we'd like run outside after new year's and be like, tag, you're it, Tim. Woo-hoo, we played the first game of tag this year. I love it. Like, <laughs> <Love that>. <laughs> <laughs> so this speaks to me in a big scary, <laughs> scary way. <laughs> uh, they talk
1: about tournaments, um, earning specific trophies, um, all kinds of, of interesting stuff. And then you will get digital collectibles. Uh, they specifically have not mentioned the term NFTs. And I think mm. follow up uh, questions, uh, they said that that's not part of the plan. Although, who knows?
2: Yeah, these um, are not currently NFTs. I, they are. Go ahead, Tim. I saw something different. I
0: I saw them straight up say this: they are not NFTs. That right. is not this at all. These are not sellable. They're not tradable. That's not this is a digital collection. That is there's no value associated with these things, and there will not be. So they they did come out and say this is they are not NFTs.
1: Great. Yes. I hope it stays that way. Uh, you know, I, I mean, or or not. I don't even know what to think about that stuff anymore. But the point is. Loyalty program, very similar to stuff that Nintendo has done in the past. I think Xbox even has something similar to this. I want to know what you think, Tim. Is this... I mean, it's hard to say this is a bad idea because you go, well, if you don't want to participate, don't participate. There's no skin off your nose, right? But is this anything? Like, is this a thing
2: or is this kind of just spinning (laughs) your wheels? That's like, is this anything? I (laughs) I I have a question. Is this... Is this a thing? Is it a thing?
0: <laughs> no, and honestly, like I, I feel like your 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 weird hesitation to even ask is, is kind of the where my answer is too. Like I, I honestly feel like my take on this is not a great one because it comes down to this is fine. This is not what this program should be. It's not right. what it needs to be in order for it to actually be exciting to the people that would use it. Having said that, it's good enough i guess this isn't bad there's nothing wrong with this the people will use it or not use it or use it without knowing they're using it and then one day be like oh i get five dollars off the amount of times i get an email from best buy that's like oh hey you got ten dollars in credit i'm like cool i guess i'm buying a 4k blu-ray i wasn't planning on buying like yeah I, I, that that stuff's it's it's nifty it's cool it's just like you don't need to actually worry about it. It's just kind of happening in the back. That is a that is a good reward program. Fine. I understand it and whatever. But the other side of me sees this as a missed opportunity in a couple ways. One, I don't think it's a secret that Sony's rollout for their PlayStation Plus 2022 initiative was kind of a disaster, yeah. right? Like it, what the product is itself, I don't really have any problems with. I know some people do. I don't. But I do think that the way that they didn't talk about it for so long, but then hinted at things and then announced that it was a tiered system, but didn't say what was coming with the tiers, but then did, but then didn't say what games until it just came out. And then everyone's like, okay, it's the games we thought it was. Why didn't you just say that to begin with? Like, yeah. it's a weird thing where I know what I'm talking about is such a small part of the community but they are the ones that care about this product. So it's like, (laughs) give them the answers because the rest of the people don't care. Like just say the stuff. So people know, and they can be like, okay, cool. I get what this is. I think that this should have been tied into that. This should have been an exciting part of those announcements of, Hey, starting with this new PlayStation plus, like, yo, the PlayStation ecosystem's kind of dope. Like you, this is why it's cool. We, you can do all this stuff and you get all these points and you can be a PlayStation star. And this is what you can get from it. Like, That's an exciting kind of proposition that I feel like Xbox has been knocking out of the park this generation with building their ecosystem and what it means to be an Xbox gamer. And I don't need to get into Game Pass. We already know, we get it, right? Like Xbox is, is if anything, nailing the ecosystem. They still got to bring the games. We get that, but they got to nail the ecosystem or they have the ecosystem down. PlayStation very much needs to nail the ecosystem. This is a mess. It's a total mess. So with this initiative, it's fine. I don't have any real complaints with it besides the fact that I'm disappointed because it could have been better. And what that looks like uh me and blessing on kind of funny games daily we're talking about uh PlayStation Home back on the PlayStation 3 which was like a weird thing, right? Yeah. Like it came out and like we're all like well, what is why, who wants to do this whatever. I think in 2022 it's a very different conversation. Imagine the idea of you platinuming a game and actually getting a a, a, a Digital platinum trophy to put in your PlayStation home. Right. You know? Yeah. Imagine if you were the first person in a time zone to get that platinum and you have this unique thing that you can show to your friends. It's so stupid, but it's this metaverse idea that, like, to me, that's the right version of the metaverse. is like, I'm a fan of playing these games. It's giving you just a little bit more incentive to like achieve and like have fun and like another thing to go for. Um, I remember back in the early days of YouTube, they would like uh, they would give like these uh daily awards for things of like this was the most viewed video this day and like i remember in 2005 posting a video and being so excited where i was like oh my god like this is the thousandth most viewed video on all of youtube today and like it growing higher and higher eventually like just these dumb little it's just a jpeg but like there was i have an image somewhere of my old youtube account where there was like one day where i got like a bunch of different awards and i'm like this is so cool. And it means so much to me just to have that data and just to know. Mm -hmm. And just the idea here that they're telling people like, oh, you were the first person to do this, that incentivizes them to play more games and want to play more games and want to do these things that are meaningless to the majority of the world. But they're why you play video games. I think it's really cool. I just wish that they would go a little further with it. I think you make
1: such great points there. And yeah, it does seem so strange that... This comes right on the heels of that uh, those announcements of the of the tiered system. It it it's not like this wasn't known at the same time. It's so weird to separate those out and not have it be part of the same package of announcements of like like exactly what you said. This cool thing that that you jump in now, pay the monthly fee and look at all the other cool things that are part of the ecosystem. I think that's uh it's a strange i think you're right it's a strange stumble uh uh, you know an unforced error there um and i you know maybe there's a world where we do get sort of a a playstation home 2.0 with with playstation vr 2 you know maybe i think that is even cooler if if there's a i mean this is a completely separate topic but if there are trophies that in a vr environment i can pick up and hold and look Mm -hmm. at up close and rotate around that's right I'm into that, you know, and maybe home was just a little too too soon. To, you know, it, it was a little ahead of its time, perhaps. Uh, but that is exactly what people are talking about with the metaverse. But I don't. I, I'm very much like you're describing. I'm one of those people that I'll buy a, a Nintendo game on Switch and I'll be like, "Hey, you got five dollars of credit?" And I'm like, "Okay, cool. Apply that. Cool. No idea how I got it, but there there, there it is." Uh, and so, yeah, give me free stuff, cool. But I don't know if the all the effort and energy that it's put into making these programs, I guess it serves that very committed, very um, uh, very engaged segment of the audience that does a lot of the heavy lifting, the influencers uh, that are really super fans. And I guess you do want to keep those people happy and excited and, and engaged. But I think for most of us, I don't know if this is, it's not really blowing my skirt up. Christian, your thoughts.
2: Yeah, I think when done right, it's very effective, right? It is a loyalty rewards program. It is a version of that. Like at its core, in my opinion, that is what it is. And uh, you know, as much as it might pain me to to frame it this way, there are definitely times where I'll be out somewhere and like going to get a coffee, and like could go to local coffee shop hereby, wherever, or some other. And I'm like, well, if I do go to Starbucks right now it will give me enough stars to get a free one next time. And like that will be the decider for me. And because the regular coffee shop that's nearest my house happens to be a Starbucks, they get most of my business during a normal week or whatever. So then other times when I'm out somewhere else, it will incentivize me to be a repeat customer of theirs. A lot of things have loyalty rewards programs. Uh, That is one specifically, as much as it hurts to admit, works really well on me. And I think... That Sony could be up to something onto something here that that does incentivize play and loyalty in a really cool way with the way achievements and Xbox did, and then trophies, where you know, an achievement doesn't change a game. It doesn't uh, it, uh, getting a trophy in a game doesn't make Miles Morales a different video game. But some people will be like, well, I can get a gold trophy if I do get every collectible. I'm going to do it not because the game gives you that incentive within the four corners of that game, but because trophy level thing gives you that incentive. I think it was pacifist mode was an achievement on the first geometry wars. I get the anecdote wrong, but the uh, the tone is right. And then it became a mode in the game later where it started off as just an achievement that people were doing, like stay alive for 40 seconds without shooting anybody. And people chased that. And so I think using that style of thing in a loyalty rewards program could be really smart and doing the thing that every other company is doing, gamifying their rewards here. Sony can literally gamify their rewards in their games. And I think when done right, that stuff is really effective, whether it's on my Apple watch and I see my move Mm -hmm. streak or on Peloton where I see like I'm I'm at a hundred, 101 week streak. And does that make me keep going? Yeah. Yes, it Absolutely. does. And
0: yeah.
2: not all of them. I don't log in to do the July 17th week challenge or whatever to get that JPEG, but some of them do. And so I have to assume that other people are pulled in by other things. And so I hope that this could become some, something. Again, my, my asterisk is that I had to dig through my old email they had a thing like this, but it was called like Sony rewards and, and I got stuff from it. And then it quit being the thing. And I think I used it to pay for like half of my PS4 back in the day. And, and so like I have, I'm hopeful that this can be something great. I think the Xbox one is pretty cool in terms of like, I will fire up a game pass game to get some points. Cause it will, that mm-hmm. amount of points will then pay for, a uh, game pass for me for a month, you know, like there is that kind of hamster wheel that I will fall into sometimes with it. Um, this one, again, unfortunately, like a uh, PlayStation plow, Jeff mm-hmm. seems mm-hmm. not fully messaged <laughs> yet, not fully yeah. messaged yet, but hopefully it can get there. Cause I think th- those incentives really, really speak to some folks.
0: Totally. You know, I actually, I have a couple stories I want to tell. So I'm gonna try to tell them quickly here. Uh, two of them relate to my days back at IGN. One of them was club nintendo jeff you bring up the nintendo reward programs that have changed over the years uh now club nintendo no longer exists it's a a different thing now and you get kind of a couple dollars off games for x amount of money spent and all that stuff you sometimes get cool things but back in the mid 2000s and late mid 2010s uh club nintendo was all of that, but also it would give you physical rewards. And a lot of the time it'd be like, here's a sticker set or something that it's like, <laughs> all right, cool, whatever. But sometimes it'd be cool things like the Mario Galaxy 2 soundtrack. And it's the exclusive way to get that on CD, like these fun things. And I remember being, uh, incentivized hard to get that stuff because I'm a video game music enthusiast. I wanted that to happen. And I remember uh, back at IGN going up to to pair and being like, hey, we have this game library of like a ton of video games no one's using the codes in there. Can I just go in and just take them all? <laughs> and he's like, no one else is. Why not? And so that's how Amazing. I got my Mario Galaxy 2 CD. And Amazing. I was so excited about that. And pretty much right after that, they stopped really doing anything that was, like, really worthwhile. Because they heard and about
1: this one guy. They heard about the
0: system. this system. <laughs> 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 uh, but I love that story. Um, but then the, the next one I want to tell also at IGN was when Destiny um, was first popping off. Destiny 1 uh, with all the the raids and things. I remember... I think it was the second raid. Uh, My friend Alfredo, who worked with me there, um, he was very, very, very good at Destiny. And him and his friends outside of IGN, like just like like people that just lived and breathed Destiny, uh, they were like, "We are going to be the first people to do this raid." And I remember IGN put a lot of like resources behind, like, "Hey, let's stream, like, like let's push Alfredo, let's try to make this an event." They ended up not doing it, uh, not achieving it, but they tried for like eighteen hours, like it was something insane. And I just thought that it was one of the coolest moments of my gaming career to see like this group of people legitimately try to be the first to do something in this video game that was created that was such a you have to be here at this moment or else this moment's gone. People are able to do the raid forever after that. But this was like you're going to be the You're trying to be the first people to do that, so I do love the idea of PlayStation trying to incentivize that type of moment, right? And especially in this this stream Twitch culture nowadays, especially where people could turn this into an entire career for themselves. Of like, I'm going to try to be the first person to platinum every video game, and that is a that is a gimmick that is going to be good enough to. Give somebody a very lucrative career. I think that that is very very cool. And the yeah. last thing I want to say. Sorry, actually, go, go on, ahead, go go for it, Jeff. No,
1: I was just going to jump in and say that uh, as as somebody who was a, a big you know WoW player for many years, the world firsts in WoW were always so fun. Anytime a new an expansion came out there'd be these guilds competing to be world first to take down a boss world first to you know get to level cap in the new level cap world world first to do the raid like it it was and blizzard really played it up and like would send them cool stuff and commemorate it and like immortalize the guild's name and the game and stuff like that so yeah those things are super awesome and they build community
0: yeah and it, it's great and then the last thing i want to say is in in terms of some things that christian was saying about uh platinum trophies and achievements just this weird like need for us to to get these things that don't matter right and it's funny because like you don't need to like you can play a game and trophies are just a thing that pop and you're like all right cool i don't care at all and i think that (laughs) that is clearly the majority of people right like trophies achievements they are targeting a, a a smaller market than like just anyone that plays games having said that to see it go from you know the trophies in super smash brothers melee that were just kind of like a very early version of what we end up seeing now which is like do these things get this a reward and it's fun to look at to then uh achievements on xbox and that turning into uh, its own thing by itself to then trophies on playstation but specifically the platinum trophy like that is the thing that i feel xbox is lacking i can't Mm. believe they haven't solved for that at this point but there are people like greg miller who are ridiculous and way too far gone and they will buy and play buy bad games um to get the platinum trophy that is horrible it's a bad thing to incentivize i that, that needs to be fixed it's it's horrible yeah but there's another side of it of playstation needs to care more about making sure mandating that every game has a platinum trophy the amount of games that come out that don't have platinums is ridiculous there's so many amazing games that They should put the extra work and the extra effort in because it means so much to so many people. And to my final point here, games like Spider-Man that Christian's bringing up, we work on YouTube. We know internet video. Internet video turned from how many views can you get to watch time Mm -hmm. overnight at some point. And it's about getting people to stay on a platform. It's getting people to stay watching Netflix. Why are the Stranger Things season four episode so long because they just want you to stay on netflix right it's the same thing in video games and we hear all of these stats and things just come out over the years about what gamers are and aren't doing i remember uh Bungie talking about at Bungie and then eventually 343 talking about is split screen gonna be in halo forever and then eventually they just took it out right and they're like people just aren't using it Yeah, it's like you might think they are, but they're not. So eventually they took it out. And uh, we hear stories like that all the time about the completion rate of games, the this rate of games, the that rate, whatever. How many people touch single player in a Call of Duty versus just playing multiplayer, like all those type of things. Spider-Man is one of the most platinum games ever. They made a good trophy list, and guess what? I platinumed Spider-Man, and I platinumed Miles Morales. I do not chase platinums. (laughs) I am not a trophy guy. But those games incentivized me to play beyond just completing the game, and I put all in probably somewhere between three and five times my full playthrough of Spider-Man just because I wanted to get those trophies. I think that if that level of care is put into trophies and put into these type of rewards and all this stuff, any game that is good enough can get people playing it so much longer. And that's a win for gamers, for the developers, for everybody. That's so well said. And I feel like we could do an entire other podcast
1: about the art of good trophy writing, You know, the art of good crafting mm-hmm. of achievements and trophies. Because it's a bummer, and you, under, I understand why, but it's a bummer that that sort of system-level feature has to be given to the developers to do well or not well. Because you, you feel like if there was a consistency across all the games on a platform with how the trophies work and what how well they're implemented, it would raise the entire uh profile of the concept uh, you know it would it would make it would make chasing trophies feel much more like a level playing field and i think Mm -hmm. that would be a really cool thing it's it's just untenable i understand it's untenable for any platform holder to be sort of like babysitting
0: that across every game that's
1: released go ahead
0: uh just jumping off of that uh, again Greg Miller, one of my closest friends, is also one of the biggest trophy people in the world and cares about this a lot and is what very well connected and has been able to speak to a lot of people about the quality or lack of, of their trophy lists. And Greg has also helped uh, write a bunch of trophy lists for different games because people look to him for that type of thing. And the the most interesting thing that I've learned is that not only does PlayStation not tell Indie developers, any developers, not just indie developers, that they can have a platinum trophy. Like they just, there is no like kind of workflow to get that done. Yeah, like Greg has had to tell so many developer friends, just ask PlayStation, they'll give you it. Wow, like that's all they have to do is just ask. But it's not a mandated thing to even have one, right? So it's like such an interesting thing where it's like it need to your point, Jeff. Like it has to be this like like there has to be a a a Push for impact of all of this stuff mm-hmm. where they need to be like, there are clearly defined rules for this game to pass certification. It needs this, this, and this. And trophies aren't on that. They're not part of that. And it's, it's very interesting and telling that Sony doesn't fully care about that because if they did, and I feel like they should, they would require it from, from everybody because I, I am willing to bet there are more developers out there that simply didn't know that if they just asked, they could have got it.
2: Right. Then there are ones that didn't want one. Just for folks listening, I want to include Xbox in some of this shame bell ringing as well. Where, like, Tim, you mentioned it already. Like, Xbox has their achievements. You can get all of them, but that's not the same as getting a platinum. mm -hmm. In my opinion, it's a different thing. And also, games often have bad uh, achievements where it's like, press start, you got an achievement. Well, that's okay. Is that a joke? Then it's funny. If not, that feels dumb. Well, (laughs) yeah. I mean, I I think we're all
1: we've all been playing long enough to remember when that whole concept first started. And mm-hmm. I think that Xbox really had uh, a lot of control over that. And I remember those early achievement times when people were really getting into achievements and achievements were kind of happening as a thing. Uh, I remember there like a game came out where it's like, it just gave you all the achievements. You could get them in five minutes. And there was like an outrage, you know, people were like, "What? that's such so cheap. And it, it's just become, you know, over time, it's just become unwieldy as a system. It's like Xbox was like, oh, there's only a thousand achievement points per game. That's a hard rule. And then they're like, nah, eh, expansions. Eh. It just, it all became, the wheels kind of came off. And that's unfortunate because I think this whole thing, it it doesn't, there's no internal consistency. And that's that's kind of what we're talking about.
2: And Xbox for a while was based around your total gamer score right. not getting mm-hmm. a full achievement in a certain game it was how big can you get your score to which right, is why right. it mattered how easy it was to get it in a game or how many each game had whereas playstation it's not my understanding and outside looking in as someone who doesn't chase trophies it's rarely about total trophy count and more platinums those are the things that you're proudest of and i think and my kind of last thought on this i think that could go on forever but there is such an art in that carrot on a stick which i think goes beyond even trophies or achievements it's something that games like Fortnite and hopefully soul frame will do well we're like i'll be playing Fortnite and i'll be done for the night and then i'll I'll always have three bars that are one game away from being closed you know and Mm, it's like and i mean wow had done that forever as well and i think spider-man and miles morales did so well in that regard as a trophy point is that by the time you finish doing something that thing to get the trophy was you know a thwip away so he mm-hmm. was, it's like hi i'm having fun i'll do it you and yeah. then it, it just it builds on itself again bad for addictive personalities <laughs> <laughs> But real nice when it works out.
1: Well, uh, hmm. you know, Tim again proving why he's uh, one of the best podcasters in the world. Because we could go on for hours talking about all this stuff. But let's let's change gears a bit and talk about the games that we have been playing in a segment we call the playlist.
0: Ooh, you playing this week? Tell us. Ooh, playing this week? Tell us on the playlist.
1: Tim, uh, what has been on your playlist of
0: late? Cuphead, the delicious last course. Are you fine, gentlemen? Cuphead people. I am. Uh, I, I am. I am. What
1: might be considered faint of heart? Uh, that game is not for the faint of heart, and I am faint of heart. So uh, you know, no, no, Cuphead is a little too hardcore for me. I I appreciate it from afar.
2: I'm Cuphead adjacent. I think it was <laughs> when we started. He he was going hard at it, and I'm hopefully not speaking out of this. If he didn't, I think I think did he have a controller break moment? I think he might have had a controller break moment when first Cuphead came out, and mm-hmm. like I had just added it to my, and I was like, not playing this tonight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> need this right and now.
0: All of that is very very fair. Cuphead is very difficult, and I am not a good gamer, just straight up. Like I, I want to say that. Like that is not the type of person i i ever was ever will be like i enjoy video games i love them i am never going to be better at someone at any single video game ever unless it's amplitude on the playstation 2 (laughs) or most tony hawks pro skater titles but besides that uh i feel like cuphead is a game that is made for me because of how much i do love that kind of in and out it is not going to take you 10 minutes and then you fail and you have to do it all over again or take an hour and then you fail and do it all over again it is 1 minute if you fail you try it again you try it again you do get better every single time uh type game i love old school 2d platformers i love old school uh 2d shooter games like contra and things like that And I love, love the art style and just kind of vibe that Cuphead puts forward. They combine all of those things so beautifully into this package that, yes, is brutally difficult. But you get better as you play it. It rewards you every single moment that you're playing. And I think that is the best part about it. Because if it was easier, look, if the game was easier, it would have to be, 10 times as long to be (laughs) a product you can put out there. There – the difficulty kind of turns what would be a 20-minute experience (laughs) into a (laughs) – who knows how long experience based on how long it takes <laughs> you, you know? for me <laughs> yeah, exactly and, you know uh, for, for for me i would say i don't know The cuphead delicious last course probably took me a grand total of four hours or so uh for this dlc and i understand that because every single moment that i'm getting killed by something it is beautiful to look at there is more animation and more love and care being put into every single frame every single background image, everything going on, the attacks, the weapons, all of it, right? And when you finally get past that phase to the next phase, you're treated with a whole background change and this whole new animation and this crazy new gimmick that gets introduced. And I feel like that is kind of the the carrot on the stick is that, yes, you're getting beat down but you're having fun the entire time, and then when you finally do achieve the thing, your reward is the gameplay itself. And I think that that is kind of why I love video games the most, is when the gameplay is the reward. I'm not necessarily looking forward to the cutscene of the story, or the this or that. And I love that too. Last of Us Part Two is one of my favorite games of all time. Like I, I love those type of games, but I love that Cuphead exists in 2022 and as much love and care and heart has put into it as it has been for this DLC that, look, when I first saw Cuphead, it was, I want to say, 2013 or something at a GDC And then it eventually came out and it was incredible. And then they announced the DLC in 2018. And here we are four years later and it's over. It's all gone. (laughs) You know, I, I had my fun and four hours later, it's like, oh, what's next? And like, that is such a, a bummer of a feeling because The game is so good and there's so much love put into this DLC and every single aspect of it I think is a 10 out of 10. Like Cuphead is absolutely incredible and the delicious last course takes everything that made the first game special and ups the ante, surprises you in ways you wouldn't expect, takes away some of the things that didn't work as well like the run and gun levels of the first one and just has this like level of care put into it that I wish, I wish that this could be a game that took you 20 hours to play and had so much more content but that can't exist because of the level of care put into every single part of it and like that's that kind of the catch 22 of it all right Mm. like this game could only exist the way that it does now because if they put more people on it more time more effort more anything it wouldn't be worth making and that's unfortunate but that's kind of Where that nice balance of art versus money versus entertainment versus whatever, like you have to find the balance, and I think that Cuphead, the delicious last course, represents the perfect balance to me of art versus money. (laughs) 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 Well, it's unfortunate
1: that I'm going to have to go after their money because, uh, as somebody who's uh, spent the last eight years coming up with acronyms for DLC, I'm I'm have to alert my lawyers.
2: They've stolen my gimmick because... uh, Mm -hmm. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Jeff, I'm no longer an attorney. I'm sorry. I I no longer practice. Uh, You're you're on your own for this one. Yeah, You told
1: told me... We told me we'd both be rich from all the (laughs) delicious last course money. Um, No, no, no.
2: I've I've been trademarking all of the DLCs you've been using. Don't get me wrong. I've been doing that. (laughs) You just don't own them. i (laughs) lawyer. I've I've told the story a number of
1: times on the show, but I'll say it one more time. Um, Back in 1990, whatever it was, two or three or whatever. Uh, I saved up money and I bought, I bought a 3DO. And <laughs> I, I, yeah, I was that guy. And I-, I <laughs> The oh, one guy. Yeah. yeah the, both of us enjoyed that console a lot, the <laughs> two people that bought it. Um, anyway, it came with a, uh, a disc, a, a CD-ROM of uh, a single episode of Batman, the animated series. But it played on the 3DO, right? And I attached it to my CRT TV and I put in the disc. Batman, the animated series came on. And I remember thinking to myself, someday I'll be able to play a video game that'll look like Batman: The Animated Series, and uh, and then the, you know we have something like uh, Cuphead now, you know. So I just feel like we're you know we're living we're living on my the future that I envisioned. Everybody, it's pretty awesome, uh, it but is, that's man. not enough to make me play Cuphead. But I admire it from afar, is what I say.
0: I Admire it from afar.
1: Uh, what else is on your playlist, Tim?
0: Uh, I have also been playing a lot of Sonic Origins. Now, Mm. I don't know this crew I'm running with right now if that's going to get me a lot of weird faces or a lot of like, okay. But Sonic Origins, I'm a Sonic guy, which is uh, an embarrassing thing to ever admit, but I am through and through. Uh, I'm specifically an old school Sonic guy, the two d platformers. And Sonic Origins is a collection of Sonic 1, Sonic 2. There we go. That's my guy. That's my guy. He knows what's up. Sonic 1, 2, 3, and Knuckles and CD um, in widescreen. Some of them for the first time. Sonic 3 and Knuckles have never been in widescreen before, so it's the first time we're able to do that. Uh, This is a nice Back off of our last conversation about trophies and achievements and all that, Sonic Origins has an incredible mission mode that allows you to go into these old games and play them like never before with special challenges like kill five of the caterpillars or don't kill any enemy through the level, like those type of things that um, make playing these games that I've played tens, if not hundreds, of times in my life uh, fresh and new for the first time. It has a very fun to attain platinum trophy. So this will be my fifth ever platinum trophy that i get uh but i'm very excited about that i i think that it's not a perfect collection of games um there's been a couple issues i know a lot of people have problems with the the levels of the like this version and that version and this version which Sega just messed up, man. Like, they did not need to make it this complicated. Like, I bet you if they just made one version, maybe two versions, they would have made a lot more money and a lot less people angry. Um, There's a couple issues with some glitches and some of the the games not running as well or having some problems. Sonic 3, they changed some of the songs because of the Michael Jackson licensing stuff and all of that. So that's a real bummer because the new songs are abysmal uh, as being nice (laughs) um but those negatives aside i'm having a great time i do think this is the definitive way to play these four games as a collection as a whole um simply because of the presentation of it all there's a a mode you can play that plays all of the games as one game so you're just (laughs) playing a whole bunch of levels like back to back to back and each game has a unique intro and outro that are beautifully animated in the style of the old classic Sonic CD intro and it is so good Um, and when you play through this whole mode you get those like kind of back to back in between all the games I'm having a great time and it is as an old OG Sonic fan it is everything I could ask for despite its problems.
1: Just being able to play those old games in widescreen alone just seems like such a treat uh, it seems like there's there's not a a single franchise I can think of that would benefit more from widescreen than, than old school 2d Sonic.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's, I mean, it's funny you say that actually, because today, uh, going a little bit viral on, on Twitter is uh, a clip of, Oh man, how am I going to find this? Uh, it is sonic 1 there's a fan out there that is remaking sonic 1 in unity that can go in super ultra wide so oh. 32 by 9 yeah. resolution and it is like absolutely
1: awesome somebody sent that to me actually somebody uh, dm'd me on twitter that the uh, because I've made such a big deal about Super Ultra Wide because of you, Tim. Because I, I reached out to you and I was like, hey, do I need to get the Samsung Odyssey? And you said, uh, G9, yeah, baby. Yeah, the G9. yeah,
0: you do. Uh, I and love and it. I, I did, it so and much. I did because of you.
1: Uh, so, yeah, yeah. so now I, I can't shut up about it on this show. And I talk about Super Ultra Wide all the time. Uh, and that would be rad. It's oh, hard, is. absolutely.
2: As I, I love, I love Sonic. I love OG Sonic. I love Sonic CD and before Sonic mania, Sonic CD was probably my favorite Sonic of all time. I love how Sonic good man. (laughs) I love how Sonic lulls you into thinking that speed is always an attribute when it often is not. And I love that roll of the dice that you take. And I love a well-constructed Sonic level Sonic advance on the GBA. Fantastic run of, of games. Let's go. Two is my favorite, maybe. If we no, want to it's hear... not. No, it's not. It's not. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not. two the one they it made. No. I, I know one of Two's them. The made... one. Okay, Two's the okay, bad one. Two's the bad one. One and
0: three are the good ones. <laughs> got, it. got it.
2: And I also, I think there was Sonic on uh, the Neo Geo Pocket also. That was a really yes. well done of like amalgamation, I think, of one and two, if I remember correctly. It's in my garage. I can go look. But what pains me about Sonic Origins is because I feel like there's so much stuff that's right. I think widescreen is interesting not necessarily neat. I'm curious how that, you know, changes the level layout where a lot of it is surprises off the edge of the screen as you're flying around it Um, for games that weren't built in widescreen, unlike Sonic mania that was, but just kind of reading some of the, like from Christian Whitehead who worked on Sonic mania and some of the folks at Headcanon, who I think also worked some on origins. It just seemed like origins wasn't the package people wanted it to be. And maybe that also, again, Tim is the intersection of art and money, where Sega was like, we need this money. And the art was like, but we're not done. <laughs> then- yeah, no, it's so
0: it's really, really, really complicated with all that stuff. But yeah, Taxman and Headcanon, like Taxman started as a Sonic modder back in the day and, and was kind of taking the original Sonic games and trying to uh, make them widescreen and port them into in, just PC, like as a fan, right? And then eventually mm-hmm. they got hired to, to make a bunch of things, including Mania. Uh, but before Mania... That team made Sonic 1, Sonic 2, and Sonic CD on mobile, and it was widespread. That's right, and it was awesome. And it added the features of the later Sonic games like Spin Dash to the earlier Sonic games, and like they are the definitive ways to play the games. Like Mm. that's everyone agrees. This collection was the first time we ever got three and Knuckles to have that support, and that is where Headcanon came in to work on the Origins. They just weren't given enough time, and yeah, seeing all their tweets and seeing their. They're talks about this like, yo, this was not ready to ship, and it, it's clear there's a lot of problems. But even having said that, I'm looking at them like I, this is the way to play the game, man. Like they, it's still great. The music is the big problem for me because Ice Cap Zone and and some of the music from Car- Carnival Night Zone in uh, Sonic Three are some of the best songs ever, and the new versions are so bad. But um, I, I feel like if you have ever been a OG 2D Sonic fan, I don't think you should let the the bad news discourage you this Mm. is awesome it's not perfect but there are problems and we should address those problems and talk about those problems because a lot of them are money-based and this talented team deserves a lot more time and money to have gotten this right but i do think the sonic origins is
2: fantastic That's yeah, that's good. I do feel like sometimes the online discourse, unfortunately, uh, does focus on the negatives and it's like, oh, garbage can this animation's wrong. This, And it's like, yes, 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 let's talk about all those things. Uh, But also more people should play these Sonics games because they're great. They're great. (laughs) If if this lets more people play them easily, even greater. Um,
1: Yeah. That's Sonic Origins and Cuphead, the delicious last course. Christian Spicer, what is on your uh, playlist?
2: Yeah, so there are two things I want to talk about, or that I I can talk about. It's that a, it's a, exactly. A, yeah. <laughs> it's review season, baby. <laughs> I was like, can I, I? Don't won't even. There are two things I can talk. About, I can't talk about. It's always review season, though, Tim. It always it's
0: always man. We had a beautiful like respite for like a month. <laughs> like a, like two months ago and then oh now we're back yeah <laughs>
2: yes we're back so the thing i want to talk about we we'll talked talk about was it on two episodes ago jeff with scott uh, uh chore games yeah um and power wash simulator 1.0 launched and launched on game pass and the community in our discord was raving about other chore core games and how they're nice and relaxing and you can kind of get that zen state in them and Uh, I feel like I say this too much on this show, but this past week was also a week. Surprise. We have lots of weeks right now. Uh, (laughs) Another one happened. And I was like, I I could use this end game game pass. Let's go. I can flat out say 110% that power wash simulator is a Zen game for probably 50% of the folks who play it. And it is probably a nightmare (laughs) inducing phenomenon for the other maybe it's 60 40 maybe it's 90 10 really whoa all i know i'm willing to say that i am in the minority or or, i'm willing to say that people can zen out on this game i don't know how many at least 50 percent. it's at least 50 50 it might be 90 10 like i said for me power wash simulator was all of the wrong parts of my undiagnosed OCD. <laughs> We're like, I'm cleaning you know, the opening tutorials of van and you get other cool stuff, but let's just no spoilers for locations and things you got to clean, right? And to be fair, I put maybe two hours into this game before I was like, ah, uh, anxiety. But like you're you're power washing your, your object and then it gives you a nice little flash. And anim- it's like done, clean. But if you if you highlight it and actually go in, there's still there's still dirt there. That's not that's not clean yet. That's you, not Christian spicer get, clean. No, <laughs> it is, it, you gotta you gotta get you gotta get it. so then I'm like, well I'm changing my nozzle, I'm getting in there, I'm walking over, I'm getting real close. And like I found myself fixated, I think, on the wrong parts of what this game was supposed to be for other people. Cause there is something so satisfying about real life power washing and what this game nails also you take a high powered water jet pointed at a thing with dirt and all that dirt goes and it's like night and day it is just what are you playing on i'm playing on xbox with a controller which is that how's the like haptics does it feel like a power washer <laughs> no, i would say fa- are you playing on ps did you play on i haven't played i haven't oh, okay. played
0: but like i imagine the value of this is like really feeling <laughs> that thing go you
2: know, that rumble going baby that is that is pro- yeah they didn't jump out so i'm assuming they're fine but not noteworthy but like what satisfies what i love about power wash simulator more are TikToks of people power washing things that i did you know like dirty stuffed animal <laughs> It was really purple, you know. And
1: you you can mean lose in your mind.
2: IRL, not not
1: game yes. footage. You mean, yes, yeah, you, yes. You, you the experience, the joy of the power washing is a it's thing. the reveal is, is real. <laughs> yeah, it's, you, you understand it, you get it. It's not lost on you, but the video game did not deliver that to you.
2: It didn't scratch the edge and chat mentions that Gary Witta has great streams of this. So maybe that is my perfect version of power wash is watching Gary play the game, which I've watched him play enough other games. I'm sure power wash simulator (laughs) would be very entertaining as well. The other thing and that folks in our discord were saying like, yeah, yeah, you got to play with mouse and keyboard. It's better is playing on console default controls, which I didn't go in and, and change a whole bunch is you're spraying with right trigger and then standard FPS style controls. But I'm constantly depressing right trigger to keep my spray going. Constantly depressing. As I'm then (laughs) – that's the world. That was the week. (laughs) Depressing. I was looking to power wash some of that away, Jeff. Um, But then you're guiding it with right stick, as you would in a standard control first-person shooter. And – as someone who also remembers what they were doing in 1992, Jeff, Mm. uh, I might just be too old to do this anymore. Like I was getting carpal tunnel of, or, you know, uh, tendonitis of like holding depressed trigger and aiming. And I don't get that in first person shooters. And I think the difference is you're rarely painting on your spray that often, like you play a round of, of halo, Uh, And, you know, you're constantly engaging the trigger, but you don't have it locked down all the time as you're slowly and methodically guiding your nozzle up and down and up and and even Splatoon. (laughs) You're mostly on the ground. I I, I couldn't. I really wanted this. Hilarious. This is like what a, someone who
1: actually was power washing would complain about. I was like, it's, it's really, it's fatiguing. It's, uh, you're just talking about how, how accurate a simulator it is. It's called Power yeah. Wash Simulator. Simulator, Christian. this is it. It's not Power yeah. Wash the game.
0: It's Power Wash <laughs> Simulator. The, the power washers out there are like all these TikTokers. They're getting all the fame from all this stuff. But what about the real consequences, man? <laughs>
2: yeah then it nails it uh i think a mouse would unsimulate it then because a mouse i could just click and drag and clean um but i i highly recommend everybody download this game especially if you have game pass if it sounds enticing or when scott was describing it like don't let my ocd-edness and too old hand deter you from playing it what i think is really smart about it is the package feels very complete there's a story mode there's time trial there's competitive where you're cleaning the same thing as fast as you can so i think the game has modes that provide that zen like experience if you're looking for it but also competitive power washing that i have not done the research for but i think i want on reality tv like i'm putting it out there and i should keep it secret because i should be the one to make it but it was it's awesome Competitive power washing in this game is both stress-inducing and really fun <laughs> to try to clean all this stuff when you're done. Um, it's on Game Pass. <laughs> Anything else on Love your that. playlist this week, Christian? The other thing I can talk about, and I'm going to talk about for a teensy bit, because I didn't spend too much time with it, but uh, Halo Infinite's campaign co-op is oh. now out in beta. And I'm going to be jumping
1: on that this week. I'm excited.
2: I was going to say not trying to put words. you still have a little bit of campaign left is that right or some campaign oh no i left. finished
1: the campaign i finished
2: the you campaign. finished the campaign okay oh, we should i want to do a spoiler about that okay maybe oh. later i thought we passed um, the window of uh <laughs> we, <laughs> spoilering. We, we, we did the, i have a knit with that uh narrative at the end anyway th- for this all i will say is wait wait for the full release, oh really? I think it's close. Yeah, it doesn't. There's Damn. enough. I was there's enough, uh, So was I. There's enough stuff. Let me let me power wash the reasons why. <laughs> <laughs> there are enough nits with it that I hope will be ironed out come the full release. Um, for instance, there are times where the second. I only played co-op. I didn't do four-player. The second Master Chief on screen anim- animates like a. Pokemon and Pokemon Legends, you know, like Chief mm. is just kind of skating around on mm. the screen. And so many of the other characters in the game animate so beautifully. And it, it's really jarring when you see your co-op partner just like come by like Iceman, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you're, you're like, and you're like, oh, okay, that's what you're doing. Um, some wonkiness coming in and out of cutscenes. They're also in the limited amount that I played, very much it's and this is how the halos were but I guess I had higher expectations, especially considering how long it took for this to come out. It's still very much chief story, right? And then you play and there's two chiefs. (laughs) It's just like you go into the cutscene. There's only one, but then you start fighting again. What's up, other chief? Hello, other chief. Um, I think that's a little weird. I think it's a missed opportunity that you're not being able to bring in more of your customization when you're running around with your friends. And then the other... that i guess maybe they never said would be the case but i was bummed to see it in this in this beta is that it, it is very much me reaching out to you two individually and being like tim sign on jeff sign on let's squad up let's play there's no matchmaking it's hard to even find just people on hard harder than it should be to just find people online that you can squad up with like TMNT shredders. Revenge did such a wonderful, even on switch did such a wonderful job of that. Like I'm playing with my family, couch co-op playing four player, having a blast. They could do something else. I can just jump into somebody else's game. It's butter. And that halo infinite doesn't seem to have something like that right now in co-op feels lacking. Mm. The progress and everybody getting stuff as you play feels transformative and something that I think all games should have going forward. But right now, it's a separate thing you have to download. It's another 60 gigs on your hard drive. It doesn't feel fully baked yet. And so I think if you've waited this long, which we all have, (laughs) it's probably best just to wait a few more months or whatever for whatever the full release is. Such a bummer, man
0: that really is a bummer to hear because halo is always near and dear to my heart and the the co-op single player well co-op campaign experience was core to what halo was to me me and uh i was looking forward to it for infinite and i i think that it not launching with that and not launching with forge and not launching with a lot of the elements we kind of expected uh really was a detriment to halo infinite's potential success and i don't I don't want to say it's too late for them i think that in the last couple of years every game has proven that there is no too late like no man's sky can come back right like (laughs) anything can happen uh but the problem is i think halo infinite the launch had to be the return of halo because we had already had halo 5 we had already had you know a couple missteps when it came to the franchise and halo wasn't what it used to be and this was supposed to be hey this is what it used to be um and i think co-op is a big part of that i'm still hopeful that they can turn things around and turn this into something special because nowadays playing four-player co-op online of halo infinite there's a lot of potential there there's a lot of really cool moments that can happen because i can tell you that 10 plus years removed from my experience playing halo 3 campaign multiplayer online uh I we made our own stories. It wasn't about the campaign they had. It was the moments we had about who was left behind in that final warthog jump and all those little tiny (laughs) things that I will never forget. And I feel like Infinite has so much fun sandbox moments that co-op are only going to be enhanced. So I'm crossing my fingers that one day we look back at Halo Infinite and the the co-op specifically as reinvigorating the game yeah and
1: i yeah I, that's I how, that say, was my hope is that it was going to be enough time between the first time i played it like that, that became the silver lining is well it didn't launch with co-op so maybe uh, with the amount of time between it it'll feel like oh i get to revisit this game that i enjoyed single player and i'll have forgotten some of the moments or you know just it'll feel like a, a fresh new experience because of the time that has passed, and and I guess that's still possible, but I'm I'm a little bummed to hear you report that it's not great right now, Christian.
2: Well, I mean, I, that's, I guess, what I should say, the asterisk on this, I guess, is that what you think playing Halo Infinite co-op would be and how fun you could imagine the great hijink you can get into in Halo Infinite and in co-op is there in spades. I mean, it feels like so much of the open world was built for co-op. There was a mm-hmm. moment where we had... <laughs> What's the heavy-duty Warthog called? I already forget. I don't know. But we had two of those heavy-duty rocket launcher Warthogs, and we rolled up on one of the Strongholds, and the Stronghold had two entrances, and it was just – I literally – my friend was like, okay, race you to the middle. You got to stay alive to win. And there's just this awesome emergent moment of crashing these things through the gates – uh, Zipline pulling out of them, grabbing an explosive barrel, throwing it down at the uh, what hunter that was roaming in the center and landing in this, not in the game, but center concrete pad that was there before my friend could get there because they were being a little more careful with their approach. And that was so fun, and something that happened. That's Halo, baby!
0: Yeah, like, yeah, that is it. When a couple of years ago, when I, I uh, was it last year, I guess when it was E3, and they showed the uh, during the Xbox showcase the Halo multiplayer trailer, and they had the the voice of the announcer and someone was explaining everything going on, and everyone's rolling around. They're like, the flags, get the flag, get the flag, go, go, go! And the guy got in the Warthog, and they're all driving. It was like yo you captured this moment like this this is what halo is halo is not just another first person shooter halo is this community mm. sandbox yeah. of let's have fun and let's make our own game within this i love that you just said that i love that you just said that in halo infinite you guys had a moment of like let's race in the middle and see what happens you made your own game right then and that's a story you're going to remember forever
2: And and infinite is built for those stories. They also have added campaign level replay, which I think is better suited for solo play because of those moments. Like rarely would I go through a campaign level and be like, let's muck this up. I'm sure some folks can, but the way infinite sandbox is built of just these kind of infinitely replayable moments. And we can just load a scorpion in (laughs) and be like, come on boys, everybody
1: hop aboard. Can you tether to each other?
2: No. Oh, that's a missed opportunity. Kind of, again, in my, and I also played this, it was probably longer than two hours because we did start having fun. In my playthrough, we were not able to, and you kind of glitch through each other. There's Mm. a lot of clipping as you kind of run around through each other, which is less than ideal, but is maybe better than the alternative when you're flying around. I don't know if I'd want to bounce off my buddy because they did something stupid, but I'm not sure.
1: I think that would be cool to like leap into the air, tether to your friends.
2: Infinitely you know. tether each yeah, other. Just like we're like in no go. way home. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Anyway. Well, that is uh, Halo Infinite Co op and Power Wash Simulator. As I said, I have been uh, traveling. So uh, no, I literally didn't play a game other than uh, Survive My Children, which is a very difficult game. Game of life. It's a, it's a soul's
0: like. <laughs> See, here's the thing. <laughs> You say you're not into Cuphead, but it sounds like you like really hard games, so I don't know, man. It's true.
1: It's brutal. (laughs) It it beats you down. Uh, The good news is it starts again with no load times. (laughs) (laughs) You got that fast SSD. love it. (laughs) Yeah, you're just right back in it, baby. There's no downtime. Uh, Anyway, that is going to be it for this episode of DLC. We do have parting gifts coming up, so stick around for those. But Tim Geddes, it is always such a delight talking to you. Thank you so much for being here.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I love the show. You guys are fantastic. And it's always a great time talking to you. Appreciate that. Uh, Tell folks where they can keep up with you and all the awesome stuff
1: that you do online.
0: You can follow me at Tim Geddes on all the social platforms or kind of funny. Just search for it anywhere. Chances are we're talking about it. (laughs) Very
1: cool. Christian Spicer. What do you got going on this week? Oh, oh, we should mention uh, last episode. You'll be on for a few weeks, a couple, three weeks, maybe Uh, because you are also off on some vacation adventures. And so uh, we're going to have fill-in guests and stuff uh, for a couple of weeks while you're gone. Um, But what else have you got going on this week?
2: Yeah, so dear patrons, there's going to be a pause on video for a bit. I'm going on the road with family and have times with good internet and availability, but those aren't (laughs) times when the show happens. (laughs) So it just just doesn't work out, unfortunately. Um, I will be dropping something in the show at some point That while sounds I'm like not a on it. You sounds like
1: you're threatening me.
2: I'm I'm giving you another child, Jeff. We are driving to Colorado. <laughs> wow. I I am dropping This is more. this is the DLC. <laughs> <laughs> you do not have to wait long for this delicious last course, Jeff. It is not. coming to you. Um but I will have my newsletter out before I leave this month. I am it's at TinyLetter.com slash Christian Spicer. And now as we are kind of Done with the Summer of Games festivaling. I'm writing about what those press conferences are, what they were, what we want them to be in the future. We talked on last week's show with Rebecca about E3 coming back. And so I'm putting a, a, my take, my thoughts on kind of where they were, what they are, what we want them to be. And again, that's tinyletter.com slash Christian Spicer. And when I get back, I will do the video version of that that I will put up on Patreon, patreon.com slash DLC pod. You can find that there. Otherwise, I am on Twitter at Spicer, but if you want to get a hold of me, and especially if you want to chat video games, jumping into our Discord is probably the place where I'm spending most of my time now. So come in, say hi, and hang out with uh, other like-minded gamers. Yeah. Also, I should say quickly, you mentioned it up top, Tim, and I didn't mention it then. What you all did after the last time you were on this show and the transition and what kind of funny built and created over these last two years – has just been exquisite. Yeah. You handled it like champs. I'm sure you all were pulling hair out nonstop on the back end to make things work, but going from beautiful, kind of funny studio reveal trailer that was awesome and so hype-inducing and then having all of that crushed down. You guys didn't miss a beat. It's been great seeing folks get back together for some in-person stuff, uh, which has been super exciting. And I love the way you all put your voice and your content where it counts and yeah. seeing in the charity streams that you all have done, it is an inspiration. And you and all of those folks over there, um you're here are truly some of the best of us.
0: Yeah. I agree. You just gave me chills. Honestly, thank you so much for saying that. And in real talk, like we care so much. We really do, as do these amazing boys right here. But like honestly, it's it's been the at the forefront of our minds to get everything right and do our best and like use our platform for everything we can. Right. And, uh, with the whole work from home stuff, like I am so happy that I have the team that we do because we were able to kind of define what the industry does like so many people followed us and reached out to us in the best way. And honestly, I got to give a lot of thanks to you guys. We, for a long time, were are using ZenCaster, <laughs> and like using this stuff in those early times to like uh, deal with all of it. So we're all in this together. And I, I you got to love how collaborative everything is. And I feel like that uh, all of us in the space, my favorite thing is that we're not competitors. We are collaborators. And yep. that is how this all succeeds. That is how this works. And I think that we're so lucky that games media in 2022 is so different than it was in 2010 because back then it was competitive it was nasty Mm -hmm. it was just no one wanted there, there was winners there was losers i love that right now we're all just trying to succeed together so that's all great and and also a little fun tease We've been working on the new studio for the last three years and it's gonna come eventually it's no time soon but I'm <laughs> gonna tell you when kind of funny is back in one room it is about to be the most insane thing anyone has ever seen in this games media industry and I'm so excited for it that's awesome but I, I can't wait I,
1: I can't wait to be you know back to in person seeing you guys seeing friends in person again at, at events and stuff like that you know hopefully this world comes you know writes itself a bit. And we can all uh, enjoy each other's company a bit more than just yes. virtually. Yeah.
2: Which we're yes. rebranding. I should say this officially. We are rebranding all of that. We're calling it Back, period. Lowercase B. <laughs> I'm back. back. Let's this, go. This a <laughs> space. We want everybody to hang out. <laughs>
1: uh, you can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. Uh, I have several other shows you could check out. I do a, a movie and TV show review. Show called The Film Cast. You can find that wherever you get podcasts. Uh, I do a comedy science show with Anthony Carboni called We Have Concerns. You can find that at wehaveconcerns.com. And I also do a uh, uh, fan controlled football. We do a weekly podcast and it's going to start back up next week after season two. You can find that at slash FCF. All right, let's go. Let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Tim, I see your parting gift here, and I am so glad you like this. What can you share with folks as something to get them through their week?
0: Oh, I love that you're excited about it. It is Players on Paramount+. Plus. It's a show that's a mockumentary about esports. It's made by the same team that made American Vandal on Netflix and uh, directed a lot of the episodes of Dave on uh, FX, the Little Dicky Show which is one of the greatest shows ever. Agreed. If you haven't watched it, you need to. It's so damn good. These people just get comedy. And I think that mockumentaries are their greatest kind of art form. And Players is a 10-episode series. Episode 7 just came out a couple days ago. So we have two – oh, I don't know. Episode 8, eight just came yeah. out. So we have two, two left. And it is the story of a professional uh, League of Legends team – and their trials and tribulations as they go through the lcs and go through the entire esports system and it is so damn good because it's funny as hell but that to me is the easy part i knew they were going to nail that i was worried are they going to nail the authenticity of the video game side of things and then one step further i was very interested as somebody that knows video games very well but does not know esports that well am i gonna learn something and watching the show the answer to all three of those things are they knocked it out of the park i have been loving it i don't think it's ever as funny or as like insanely must watch tv as american vandal is on netflix but I do think that if you are a fan of video games at all and you have ever had the thought of like, I get esports, but I don't get esports, you should watch this. It's so funny. It's so well written. The characters are so real and believable and also messed up. Like it's, it's like a perfect blend of it all. But I have learned so much more and I understand League of Legends more than I ever thought I could have. And I'm watching this with my fiance who couldn't care less about video games or any of this stuff. And she is so happy that she's watching it because she's like, oh, my God, I finally understand this aspect that is different than the aspect she gets third hand from second hand from <laughs> me about our weird lives that we live. But it's a excellent show. And uh, I don't know if I'm doing a good job of selling oh, it. Oh, you're doing but a great job. Yeah. I, I think that it is. It's uh, It's it's very, very funny. It's very clever. And it's such an authentic look at the weird lives that the people around us live. It's awesome.
1: I agree a thousand percent with all of that. You said it very, very well. I think it is the best version of video game culture ever put on it in a different medium. Like, wow, because it's almost always screwed up. It's almost always, they don't get it. It's It's kind of talking down to the audience. It's never done well. Video game culture is never done well in traditional media. There's never been a TV show, movie. It, it always is cringy and bad. Finally, they made a show that gets it, that speaks authentically. Ah, I, You're so right. It's great. Players on Paramount Plus. Worth, worth getting a Paramount Plus subscription just for that show, my opinion. Amen. Christian Spicer, what is your parting gift?
2: Uh... I have a thing but before that I woke up to some bad news, uh, this past week. And so this relates to the thing I'm going to say, but if you are listening and you have an artist that you like or appreciate, um, let them know. Uh, cause you don't know how long they'll be with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, life is, is cruel and none of us win. Um, and some are gone sooner than later. So I think appreciate art when and how you can. And then, what goes with that is Bob Odenkirk has a newish book out called Comedy, 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 Drama, and it is his uh, memoir, his autobiography, bio- biography, autobiography of Bob Odenkirk, who is Saul Goodman, uh, Mr. Show. Um, it's probably you probably know him as Saul Goodman from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Uh it's it's a fantastic book and it is light and breezy and and not like overly dense but also brutally honest. There are parts that he writes about his time writing on SNL that are takes that seem genuine and sincere but also honest in a way that you don't get from most people. Like you'll get Mark Marin's take on SNL and it's like well that has a large chip on its shoulder <laughs> or you get people that are like singing its praises constantly. And I think what Bob writes about SNL and his coming up uh, through the Chicago system and then moving to LA and starting again, um, and also the stuff he dealt with his father, uh, it's a phenomenal book. And I highly recommend it, especially if you are a fan of his work or peeling back the curtain of comedy at all. Comedy, 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 drama by Bob Odenkirk is fantastic. And then along with that, He writes about Chris Farley, which I think hit harder um, for me this week, maybe than other others. But, you know, again, art is hard. Uh, Folks are kind of funny, make great art. A lot of people do uh, support it, champion it and uh, enjoy it while it's around us. I'm very much looking forward to reading that book. Uh, Huge
1: Mr. Show fan, huge Bob Odenkirk fan. So Great recommendation. Uh, I have a recommendation for a brand new show that just debuted on HBO. I've only watched one episode of it, but I can already tell you. Only one's out. Only one is out, but I can already tell you it is worth watching. Have you watched this also, Tim? I did. Yeah. It is called The Rehearsal. It is on HBO, and it is the newest project from Nathan Fielder, who you may know from Nathan for you. uh, And... You know the the term genius gets thrown around a lot. Uh, I think this this fella might might be one. Uh, this yeah. is a um, a wild concept. It's basically Schenectady, New York, the movie, but done for real. Uh, the idea here is that uh, Nathan Fielder will go into regular people's lives who who are attempting to do something and build out a rehearsal process for them to rehearse this difficult or awkward or uncomfortable thing that they're stressing about. He will recreate their home. He will recreate the setting in, down to every last detail where they're going to have to do this thing. And then they will rehearse it and try different uh, different uh, tactics on how to do it or approaches and play it out. And it, it basically becomes this exploration of sort of, uh, regular people dealing with stressful situations. And, um, like I said, I've only seen one episode so far, so who knows where it goes, but the first episode is extremely compelling, beautiful, strange in the best way. Uh, I I highly, highly recommend checking out the show. And if you haven't seen Nathan Few, you should also watch that. The It's called the rehearsal and it's on HBO max. Uh, Tim, did you like the first episode?
0: Oh, yeah, I have to jump in here, man. Like, I am a newer convert to Nathan Fielder. Uh, Andy Cortez over at Kind of Funny has been a fan since day one, and he was always talking about Nathan for you. And it's such a silly name. I was like, what is this? Like, I don't understand. Like, what? how could it be as good as you're saying it is? And it wasn't until the pandemic that me and my fiancé were like, let's give it a shot, you know, because we're stuck in our homes. We got to watch something, right? And it took us maybe one week to binge watch the entire season uh, or series Brian. of the show. And if you have not seen anything for you, you have to watch it. You ha- It's all on HBO. So if you have HBO Max, it's all there. It is – it's brilliant. It's simply brilliant. You're so right. He is a genius. And it is comedy at its best. But – and when comedy is at its best, it's not just funny. It's saying something. And I think that with Nathan for you, every episode, you kind of get that vibe. You get a little bit more than you expected from it. And it's some of the most laugh out loud, awkward comedy you will ever see. Yeah, The rehearsal is that on a pure HBO original budget. And it I don't even want to spoil any moment of episode one of the rehearsal. It is the slowest burn <laughs> in the most beautiful way where... It's the type of show that you look at and things are happening in the first five minutes and they hinted some stuff and you're like, there's no way they're actually going to do it. And I'm like, oh, my God, they did. Yeah, they did the thing. And it just keeps getting better and better. And anytime you think because we're smart people, right? We're watching these shows and we're trying to predict what's going to happen. What's what are they going to do next? Whatever. Anytime I'm like, they're not going to do that. They do. Anytime I'm like, well, wouldn't they do this? They have a counter to what that is (laughs) it is so brilliant and so beautiful at the end of the day like what happens in this show is awesome Mm. it's people working together to help others through difficult situations that are not the craziest thing in the world like i again i don't even want to spoil what the premise is of episode one it's such a small (laughs) simple thing you're gonna watch and be like, "Why is this a problem? <laughs> right. Like, how but did you find this guy?" guy? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but then yeah. you watch it and you're like, "Wow, these are problems that are the most relatable yeah. things in the world because beautiful they are yeah. the small things that get stuck in our minds yeah. that we think about for years. It's
1: awesome, and, and it's him taking those small things seriously and yeah. giving them sort of emotional validity and saying, "Hey, this thing that other people might laugh at as being." Silly or 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 not important. I'm going to make the most important. I'm going to throw tons of money at this problem, and f- we're going to work on it together. And it's 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 kind of beautiful. It's just this beautiful, yeah. poignant thing. All
0: right. So my next and it's so funny. And it's it's so funny. funny. Like yeah. Like there were multiple moments that I had to pause because I was <laughs> laughing
1: so hard. So my next question to you, Tim, is: Have you seen How to with John Wilson? No. Okay. That's your next assignment. Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, Nathan Fielder was a producer on that show.
0: No way. Oh, this will, is the best news I've heard. You will
1: love it. How To with John Wilson. It's also on HBO Max. Two seasons. It's genius as well. And I think you'll love it. Awesome. Uh, and the, the show I was talking about, or we were talking about, is uh, The Rehearsal. It's on HBO. We also got a listener-suggested parting gift. This was sent to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. This comes from Yick who is one of our hype-trained patrons. So thank you, Yik. Uh Yik says, uh, in last week's episode, Christian brought up Libby, which inspired me to recommend this parting gift to all of your listeners. Your local library. When people think of libraries and librarians, they think of books and only books. The general narrative is, why do we even need libraries anymore? Everything is online now. Well, guess what, bub? Libraries are about so much more than books. Most librarians nowadays have degrees in information literacy and are extremely well-trained in not only finding paper-based resources, but also navigating hundreds of online databases of all sorts to help library patrons find the information they may need for any number of tasks. If you're doing any kind of research for school or for work, a librarian can help you. And they're a lot more specialized than Google. Libraries also serve your community. Libraries will organize and host community events as well as provide training classes for a number of things like how to do your taxes, technology tutoring for the elderly, English as a second language, writing a resume, and much, much more. They will also often grant you access to web resources that are normally behind paywalls, such as career websites, news media, or training sites like LinkedIn Learning. They also provide essential services for free like internet access to people who cannot afford it in their private homes or people who do not have homes. You may have heard of the recent mass internet outage up here in Canada a couple of weeks ago. Public libraries saved a lot of people's asses that day. But yes, libraries also have books, hundreds of them for all ages. Many of them will also loan out music CDs and DVDs, and the bigger ones will usually have new releases pretty quickly. Some libraries even loan out video games. I've also seen things like board games, laptops, and even day passes to provincial parks. Again, Canadian. Library budgets are often dependent on use. If library resources are used a lot, they typically get a bigger budget. If not, their budget shrinks. So, go use your library. Check out a book, attend an event, go talk to your librarian. They are literally there to serve their community, so why not take advantage? Love the show, and I hope things are going fo- well for you guys. All the best, Yick. Thanks, Yick. Great recommendation.
0: Library. Incredible. Yes. What a what a cool write-up there. That's awesome. Thank you, Yick. That is such a cool thing to hear, because I definitely have thought of libraries the way you started that off with. So hearing all this, like, that's so cool. Go support libraries. Indeed. And if you'd
1: like your parting gift read on our show, send it to us. DLCfeedback at gmail.com is where you send those. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Tim Geddes and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for those cool bumpers. Thanks to White Cube. That is uh, Jason Sherry and T. Ryan Arnold for the cool theme song to DLC. And we also have to take a second and thank our hype train patrons who make this show possible. We'll do that right now
2: it's time for me to thank our Hype Train patrons who helped make this show, paid DLC, the video versions, and also, yes, this very show, the main DLC show, So Possible. Thank you to each and every one of you. Thank you, Jason Novak, Octavian Ratziu, Christian Bravery, Jad, Peter Olberg, Michael Buck, Mike Lombardo, The Spiceman Silencer, Albert, Virgil de Dios, Jonathan, Spiceman Forever, Shep LaFur, Stu Goss, Kevin Brazzle, Ben, Dan Palmino, Malcolm King, Mark Gowland, Jonathan Putney, Will with 1L Harris, Chris Zacharias, Jonathan Talbert, Scooby Diesel, Adam Demby, Sasan, Dan Flanagan, Anthony Goulas, Andy Joyce, Matt Valdez, John Sisko, Taylor Wiggert, Josh Peake, Nick Strauss-Klein, Michael Stadler, Jackson, Travis, Soren Silk. yeah, thank you for that parting gift this week as well. Awesome. Big fan of the library here. Kids and I love it, love it, love it. Uh, comedy, 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 drama, Bob Odekirk's book. Got that at my local library. Zachary White, Nate, Jenny, Scott Hughes, Jimmy Radcliffe, Mitchell Ness, Jeff Luxak, Matt Bradley, Victor Venezuela, Cheesy Bob, Hank Patton, Rob Rixman, Riley Knox, Kyle Starr, Michael S., Relentless Rex, Curtis from Louisville, comedian Aaron Trahan. Thanks so much. All right. That's it
1: for this episode. We'll see you next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.